Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. Subject is, look on the bright side. <laughs> I might laugh a lot tonight. I, I feel like almost the Joker. Everything's funny to me. Okay, maybe not. He, he was evil, but he was on to something. He was on to something. Joker was on to something. Nothing made him sad after he endured his worst pain. Y'all don't know the movie, so I'm not gonna preach the Joker, so. <laughs> Studies show, I was, I was um, studying some things <clears throat> online this week. I wanna talk about our world for a second as I set this up. Lord, your word is already blessed in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, look on the bright side. Are y'all ready to look like that at home, at your job? Yeah, I don't, I, don't mean the, I don't mean literally just the smiley face. I mean in the midst of others who are not smiling with you. See, the oil of gladness is not for people who, who, who need everybody around them to have the same experience as them. This is between you and God's goodness. I, I was doing some, uh, uh, some studying this week, and a professor was talking about a lot of things, of course, are our world. Are, 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 why wouldn't you be happy? Why wouldn't you be happy? When you go from a child to wherever you are now, where did it get lost? World, system, <clears throat> news, <clears throat> information, responsibility, all these things, a life, crisis, betrayal, all these things that happen uh, later can chip away at our gladness if we let it. But I think it's important to understand that God started us with like, most children are happy, most children. They're diagnosing children with depression at a younger and younger age uh, every year. Like how can a nine-year-old be depressed? But that's like the main age, nine through 11 or 10 through 12. <clears throat> it's like one of the most uh, prominent ages for depression. Like over what, Legos? Like what? can't find your charger? Like, where does depression come from? It's the spirit, number one. We know that. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Number one, it's the spirit. Number two, it's an agenda. It's an agenda, not just from Satan, but from this world. If I could diagnose your child with depression, or anything really, I can get your money as long as we say they're still sick. Yeah, as long as we say they still have the condition and we still trust the system, we can continue to medicate you and remain rich while you either die with the problem, be healed by faith in some way, or realize you never had it at all. Our news, our, our news, which is normally, it should be the news. Like, I, it, as soon as you cut on Spectrum, it's Channel 13. It's just the news. I hate that. But that's an agenda to captivate you. It should be the news. Like, it should be reporting what's happening. Right, everything. Like, live is happening tonight. I thought it was. It, it, it reports natural disasters, crisis, sickness, outbreaks. It, fi it finds stuff. Chicago, a teacher. That's Chicago. It's no shade, D'Angelo, anybody else from Chicago. But Orlando is searching devastating stories as if, like, if it's nothing bad, not that there's nothing bad, but if they don't have anything to report, they'll find something devastating to report to keep it before you. And we wonder why we're sad and we're depressed. And we, the way your brain responds to the news is that it believes that this is the accurate ratio of good and bad in our world. 
This is the accurate percentage of good and bad in our world. Your brain begins to accept that, listen, this is how much bad is going on in our world. This is how much good is going on in our world, which is rarely good ever. Maybe it's the opening of a restaurant, and then everybody you know, gets shocked every other report, or an alligator eats somebody, <laughs> or something crazy. But your, your brain will begin to say, like, well, this is the accurate ratio between the world, between the uh, good and bad in our world, which causes uh, medical school syndrome. I'm going to teach y'all a little bit, and then I'm going to go in where we just left, okay? But live is a church where you bring your brain to church, okay? Tell your neighbor, I hope you brought your brain tonight. You don't come and shout and spin and sweat and be like, what happened, huh? Oh, it felt good. No. Them days is gone. Them days is gone. All right, I need intellectuals here. I need thinkers here. I need you to, I need y'all to have that, okay? So, uh, so if we believe that that's the, the, the ratio between good and bad, then that leads us to what we call medical syndrome, or what they call in studies medical school syndrome, which in the first year of medical training, you study all the possible sicknesses. You study all the possible things that can go wrong. In your first year of medical training, you study all the sicknesses, all the diseases, all the, uh, the ailments, any pain that could be this, could be this. You study all of those things. <laughs> the guy said, it was a joke, but he said, only to, only to discover that you have them all. <laughs> Professor said he got a call from Yale. His brother-in-law was in Yale, and he said, man, I had to call you because I just found out. He's in medical school. He said, I found out I got leprosy. I didn't know how to comfort him because last week he had he was having menopause. <laughs> so it's not just the reality that shapes our world. It's it, it's it's how we view it. It's the lenses we view it through. Are y'all hearing me? I'm trying to set up look on the bright side, okay? So understand that's where I'm going the whole the whole time. That'll help you along the journey. So I won't seem random, okay? Medical, medical training syndrome is like uh, you study it so much that you embody it. You see it so much that it becomes part of you. There's so much danger in the world that, that you invite it to yourself. Job said, the thing I feared most came upon me. You can attract, you can attract the thing you fear by remaining overly cautious about it. Like, it's the, if it's the only thing with your mind, don't fall. All right, don't fall. Just walk time. Just don't fall. 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 And we think that's accurate. Like, in the world, don't fall. Do you think the person on the tightrope is thinking, don't fall? No. And guess what? Christians shouldn't either. All we think every day is don't sin. Don't sin. Don't. That ain't living for God. That's a shackled, depressed, traditional religious life. That's not more abundantly. All right, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm getting, go. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's not the reality. I'm sorry. Let me, let me continue with these. Y'all see, I wrote it in my. I got a real book today, a real notebook. I ain't go technical. I'll put the pen to the paper today. <laughs> Woo! His, his study continued. He, he, he found out that. When people first got accepted into Harvard, the students were very excited. They threw parties at their houses. Families came over to celebrate. Son's going to Harvard. Daughter's going to Harvard. This is incredible. This is amazing. You're the first in the family. You're the 19th in the family. Whatever it is, it's a huge celebration because that, that, that's a success right there. I got accepted into Yale. Only two weeks later, Studies show that the brain's focus is not on the privilege of being there anymore, but the workload, deadlines, com competition, complaints. Uh, two weeks into it, the brain focus changes from being excited about the privilege to being overwhelmed with the responsibility. So now they're sad in school when they were once excited because their focus shifted. Now, the work was already there. Like, when you got accepted to college, you're going to work. <laughs> Unless you're just going to be an alpha or omega or five beta side Christian nice. <laughs> Ow, I don't know what they do. 
know nothing about that stuff. <laughs> so, after they were, they, they, they diagnosed that they were sad and they, were, they were, had less energy, they weren't performing at their best. And some may ask, what does a Harvard student have to be unhappy about? You're at Harvard. And some people can judge your life like, man, what, all that you got? All that you, how can you be at Harvard and unhappy? Embedded in that question is the key to understanding the science of happiness. It is assumed that our external world is predictive of one's level of happiness. When even if I knew everything about your ex external world, I can still only gauge 10% of your happy level, of your happiness level. If I knew everything, you got a billion dollars, you got da, 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 you're married to this model, you got da, 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 you got a check, you just signed a deal with, the, with Nickelodeon. You go, if I knew everything about your external world, I can still come up with only 10% of what your happy le happiness level will be. 90% is based on how the brain processes your external world. 90% of your happiness is based on how your brain processes your external world. 10% of your happiness is based on what you have, friends, everything outside of the blood that flows in your body, car, clothes, shoes, bleh. everything. 10% of your happiness is based on that. 90 is based on how you see it. I know rich, depressed people if I say a few names right now, you'd be like, I know, we look at them like, and we desire their life. It's so sad. We desire their lives, not even realizing that their happiness is not based on the things we see. It's based on how they view it. You could have a fine, you could look at somebody that got a fine wife and he don't want her. You could look at somebody that got a successful, I don't know how y'all call men, um, fine husband, I guess. You say that same word, fine. I don't know. <laughs> like, is Idris cute? I mean, he all right. What you asking me? Is he cute for? He all right. He cool. He cool. I like his boots. He cool. His boots is nice. You can look at somebody who got a fine husband. I mean, whatever your criteria is, successful, all that stuff, and she don't want him. So it's not about the reality of it. It's how we view it. Mm. And that's why we envy so much. That's why I think that's why I just wanted the commandments. Don't covet. Because you don't really understand what you're asking for. You don't understand. My, my, my dream girl years ago, she done been through like five husbands and two of them beat her. And everybody say she's crazy. But she look good. Besides my wife, y'all, who's here tonight. I love you, baby. <laughs> Besides you, dream girl, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, you know, before I met you. So we need to change our formula for happiness and success. What is your formula for happiness and success? Hmm. Job successes. They did a study in the success for, uh, for performances on jobs. They said 25% uh, is based on the IQ. 25%. 75% of a job success rate is based on optimism levels, social support, and the ability to see stress as a challenge instead of a threat. 75% of, the, of a, the success of a business is not based on the performance. It's based on optimism levels, social support, and the ability to see stress as a challenge instead of a threat. The professor took this idea to a company and they said, we know that, let's say it's Publix, we know that. That's why we have wellness, uh, wellness weeks for our employees. We have wellness weeks. So on Monday, we talk about depression. On Tuesday, we talk about eating disorders. On Wednesday, we talk about low self-esteem. That's not wellness, that's sickness. Are you hearing me? So, so to, to flood somebody's mind 
To outline all the negative possibilities, but not the positive, is not the answer to wellness or health or happiness. The yeah, that's a clap moment. Go ahead, I'll take a little breath. The absence of disease is not health. Just because you don't have a disease don't mean you're healthy. So it's got to be more than just these things, but the world will put all the negative things before you. You avoid that and still not well. We have to change the formula for our happiness and our success. The world views it like this. If you work harder, here's your, here's your formula for happiness in the world. Work harder, then you get more success, and then if you're more successful, you're more happy. Right, that's false. But everybody's grinding. Everybody's like, yo, hustle, hustle, hustle. Because we think if we work harder, we'll have more success, and more success will equal more happiness. That is the furthest thing from the truth, and it's actually scientifically opposite of how the brain works. Your your, so, so now at this point, it says, at that point, your brain will always set another goal. You got good grades, now you need better grades. You got a good job, now you need a better job. You got a promotion, now you're trying to own a bit. Like, your brain automatically will set new successes. If happiness is always on the other side of success, your brain never achieves it. Good God. This is psychology, but I feel the Holy, I feel the Holy Ghost psych. I feel Holy Ghostology. I feel the Holy Ghostology. <laughs> if happiness is always on the other side of of an achievement, your brain will never reach it. You will keep putting happiness on the other side. I got the wife. Okay, now I need kids. I got the kids. Now I need the job. I got the job. Now I need a car. I like that car, but now I need a truck. I got the truck, but now you'll never reach it. Woo! Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? The brain works opposite. When you're happy, your efficiency levels rise. They yeah, y'all can clap. I mean, anytime y'all gonna clap, that's a good break for me. So go. Hey, y'all help them clap. Clap with them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Everything increases. You're 37% better at sales. I'm not gonna go through all of these uh, statistics, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed my studies, and I'm gonna keep spitting it out as, as this month goes on and how your brain responds to being happy and not going for happiness. We have to learn to be happy and not go for happiness. First of all, happy is relative. Happiness is relative. You're happy if someone asks you on a date. Well, when you're 40 and married, that ain't happy to you unless you're trying to creep. You understand what I'm saying? So happiness is relative. So, so to put it in things, uh, uh, you'll disappoint yourself. Because things depreciate, it could be a banging car. I went outside the other day. I have, a, I have a, a, a black car. I went outside. I do. I do, I do. That's not the point of what it is. I mean, I think it's a nice car. But I, I, I went outside the other day, and I, I found out, you know, they're territorial demons. Y'all know that, right? Territorial spirits. Right? I went outside and I, I, I literally encountered one of Florida's demonic forces. It was hovering over my car. It was actually on my car. It's called pollen. Anybody know about that demon? Oh, come on in here if you know about that demon. Oh, it's a demonic demon. It's a demonic demon. Now that's bad. You just double-double. Just <laughs> That pile was on my car. I couldn't. My car was mustard. It wasn't black no more. I was so upset. I said, who painted my car olive? <laughs> Things depreciate. It didn't look as good as it did when I drove off the lot. If my happiness was in having a shiny black Maserati, I would have been unhappy all day. 
So we should not put our happiness in. What is your happiness in? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, pro probe you a little bit. Are y'all still with me? What is your happiness in? You have to challenge yourself. You have to ask yourself these questions. Hmm. Because the if the world shapes our happiness, man, we're, 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 we're in some trouble here. But we need to learn how to view things with new lenses. Here we go. That's the turn I wanted. Thank you, Jesus. I was looking for it, and you just gave it on to me. Thank you so much. What lenses are we viewing our lives through? What lenses do you view your lives through? That's the question. The first scripture says, because I know y'all waiting on the Bible. I ain't quoted scripture yet. To the pure, all things are pure. To the corrupt and unbelieving, that's not the point. To the pure, well, that is the point, actually. But to the corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But their mind and their conscience are corrupted. To the pure, everything is pure. How can I do this? How can I say this? How can I say this? Uh, mm, I don't want to do that. Let's say, oh, ain't that, is that Clarence? Wow, he must have a new female assistant. I'm sure his wife know about her. That's so nice that they just, that's nice. I like, I like Clarence. I always like Clarence. He must have got a new assistant that just looks like Holly Berry, but that's just his assistant. And I'm not saying that's wrong or can't happen, but to the pure, that's how we'll view it. Where to the messy, oh my gosh. Ooh, get my phone, get my phone, get my phone, get my phone, get my phone. Ooh, girl, get to the Millennium Mall now. Yep, 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 yep. She come up there, ah, what's going on? Look, look, girl, that's his cousin. Oh, I just, I just. <laughs> To the pure. To the pure, all things are pure. To the messy, all things are messy. To the ratchet, all things are ratchet. To the trifling, all things are trifling. To the joyful, all things are happy. But what is it to you? Actually, but what is it to you? Say it again. What is it to you? Pain and storms and life is, is actually a revelation of who you are. To the pure, all things are pure. So now I bring you something. If you call it pure, you're pure. So God presents things to you to see what you will call it. We learned that last week. He brought the animals to Adam to see what he would name it. It was actually a test to reveal who Adam was. To, to, to reveal whether you have authority over this or not. Do you have dominion or not? So I'm going to bring things to you unlabeled. I'm going to bring relationships to you unlabeled. I'm going to bring situations to you unlabeled. I'm going to bring the issue to you. You call it a problem. Some call it a test. You call it a problem. Some call it a challenge. What's it to you? Somebody say, what's it to you? Good God Almighty. And based on who you are, you receive life through that lens. I know a lot of celebrities are a lot different than me. But when normal things happen to it, they lose it. Normal things happen and they lose it. Like, let me just take my shoe. Like, I'm walking, and I got my assistant behind me. Well, no, because some people might get mad at that regularly. But celebrities, they, they view themselves on such another level that if normal things happen, they're offended. Because to them, it shouldn't happen. I, like, I, like, like, I've seen this. I've seen this. So you get out your car. You get out your black car. Oh, my God. Okay. And you get to the door. Somebody open the door. And a celebrity outside in the rain, like, upset because this should never happen because I know who I am. So to me, this is an issue because I'm a celebrity and I shouldn't have any closed doors. You need to know who you are so you know when stuff come your way, uh-uh, just -uh, open, uh-uh. Every door should be open in my life. It should be a flow in my life because I know who I am, the righteousness of God. I'm the reflection of Christ. There are no closed doors with Christ.
There should be no closed door. Ask your neighbor, do you know who you is? We allow dysfunction because that's who we are. Don't be in something so long you become it. It's not you, it's what you're in. So, what is it to you? Ask your neighbor, what's it to you? Uh, I like this. The next scripture says, so any person who knows what is right but doesn't do it, to him, it's a sin. <laughs> do you see it? Do y'all, can y'all see this? <laughs> to him, it's a sin. So people could be sinning all around you. And God might not mm, consider them wrong. Because to them, it's not a sin. Certain things like drinking wine is cultural other places. Where a lot of religious sects will consider that sin. What's it to you? I feel the Holy Ghost. What is it to you? I'm not asking what your mom think, what your cousin think, what your friends say. What is it to you? If it's wrong to you, don't do it. If it's right to you, do it if nobody else is. What's it to you? I said, what is it to you? See, to him it's a sin. So you can't broad stroke your life. Or anybody else. Uh-uh, to you. Somebody grew up without their parents. They go to the same church. They got saved the same time as you. You had better upbringing. They didn't. You got different moral settings. They don't. That don't mean you can do everything they do because God will judge you differently. I felt something to my right. Let me go to my left. God will view you differently. Like, I, 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 you know better. Do, anybody got parents like that? Where y'all at? Where y'all at? You, oh, you know. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, you know better. You know better. Tell somebody else, don't even try it. Don't, I don't care what they doing. Don't even try it. Bring your behind home at 11 o'clock. Don't nobody care what 11, 11 o'clock. My clock. 11 o'clock. My clock. McClock. Let McClock. I don't care what they doing. They stole the Ark of the Covenant. They stole the Ark of the Covenant. Now, in the Bible days, the Ark of the Covenant was a sacred piece of furniture. All right? It had the rod of Aaron in there. It had, uh, it had the, the, the Ten Commandments in there. Anybody who touched it, that was not clear, that was not a Levite basically or a priest, died. You just die. That's the law in Israel. So everybody know, don't touch it. Leave it alone. The enemies came and stole it, but they didn't die. How could they steal the sacred furniture and not suffer the consequences? To them, it wasn't a sin because they don't know the law. So the sin, okay, so I'm going to help y'all in a minute. I'm going to help y'all. So David went and got the ark back. He's bringing it back and they dancing. The ark started rocking and it was about to fall. One of the people of God said, let me go grab it before it falls. He caught it and died. Because you know better. Y'all trying to touch stuff your friends touch? Okay. You can't touch everything everybody around you touch. You got a different word over your life. You got a different anointing over your life. You got a different responsibility over your life. Look at your neighbor and say, can't touch this. Can't touch. I, I'm sorry, I got a little corny, but I like hammer. Say, can't touch this. I can't go everywhere everybody go. I can't do everything everybody do. I can't say everything everybody say. I can't watch everything everybody watch because I got a different level of anointing flowing in my life. I got different favor. I got different blessings. I got... What's it to you? You living life by your friend's standards. They chilling, you getting worse. 
They sinners, they ratchet, they getting promotions and breakthrough. You do the same thing they doing and you getting rotten and worse. What's it to you? You need to learn. That's you right there. Go ahead. That's you. Go ahead. Enjoy. Enjoy. You know how, you know what we're good at that at? We're good at that in diet. <laughs> Ladarius is one of the most disciplined eaters I, I know. He's one of our fitness gurus here at the church. Slash. Just Slash. He does it all. I'm about to call him Slash. So Slash. <laughs> We be in our meetings. I feel so sorry for Slash. Because we order Chinese. Pizza. One day we was flat out had Cater Cheesecake Factory. The chocolate bread and everything. I said chocolate. It ain't chocolate, but it's brown like chocolate. With the little macadamia. <laughs> what, what are the... <laughs> ain't it? Oh my God, it's a spirit in them, in them rolls. The brown ones. I go to Cheesecake Factory, have three of them, and then I'll take my food to go. Because I put in that potato soup. Ooh, baba shot. I'm sorry. Woo. They got it at Outback too. Get that potato soup and that Outback bread. Come on, talk to me in here, Lynn. You was there today? Well, give me a high five, bro. I knew I was preaching to somebody. We was eating so good. I literally stopped the meeting like, hey, y'all, let's stop for a second. This is too good right here. Darius opened up some Tupperware. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> he grabbed a stem of broccoli. I said, boy, if you don't cheat today. We passing hot sauce and butter and all kind of crazy salad dressings. He taking communion. That is a little juice. <laughs> but you know it's a struggle because he asking questions. <laughs> What's that, tomato basil? No, it's fine. I just wanted to know because I. <laughs> Is that ranch or blue cheese? I just want to know. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Somebody say discipline. <laughs> don't do what everybody do to you. Y'all give it up for Ladarius. He's so disciplined in the area of food, at least, that we know of. Very mature man, we thank you and we love you, Darius. Thank you for letting me use you for example tonight. I'm like, bro. I'm like sliding him buffalo wings, like, yeah. No, because to me, it's a sin. To me, it will affect me long after the moment. And even if it's not the grease and it'll do my body wrong, I don't want anything to take me back to a habit that I'm trying to be free from. I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't let anything bait you back to a habit you're trying to get free from. Good God Almighty, cut the friend, cut the habit, cut the, cut the line. Don't let anything bait you back to the, oh God. What's it to you? What is it to you? What is it? To you, God told Moses, he said, the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron, look at this. He said, this month shall be the beginning of months to you. This month shall be the beginning of months to you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Now, this might have been March. I'm sorry, I used March on purpose. For some of y'all looking for a fresh start, you ain't got to wait till a new year. Make today your new year. To the children of Israel, he said, to you, this is the first day of the year. It's the first month. He just established a, a new first. Out of nowhere. You can too. Make a New Year's resolution today. To 
me, it's a new start. To me, it's a new day. To me, it's spring already. To me. What is it to you? Ooh, this is good. So, you got to figure out what it is to you. I said it last night. We were all talking outside at the rehearsal. And we were just trying to, I was talking to Tad. This, this, she, there's so many testimonies in here, it don't make no sense. But if I give this woman the mic, it'll be, I, I, it's just crazy. <laughs> so we were talking, and we were just talking about just happy and being glad and all that good stuff. And it just came to me last night, like sometimes you need to nitpick your happiness. Like just find something to be happy about. Get on somebody's nerves, you just, okay, it's lint on the floor, all right. Find something to be excited about. I was coming on the turnpike tonight, we were driving on the turnpike. Uh, Coming down here, cool, we're coming to, to live. And I looked at my wife, I said, I'm happy that there's never any traffic on the turnpike. And y'all from here, so y'all like, yeah, and I, I, that makes me happy. I'm from Jersey, New York, Philly. It ain't no, it ain't no, it ain't no clear traffic. It's uh, 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 uh. came to church tonight like <laughs> you know you're going fast when cars get behind you in high beam <laughs> did I bother you just go oh just go Paul here is being accused by the Jews they try to do the same thing to him that they did to Jesus because he's causing a ruckus. Anytime you bring radical truth, you cause a ruckus to the existing systems. Anytime you present radical truths, you cause a ruckus to the existing systems. And I don't mean the government now, I mean your house. Your house got away. You come here like, I don't want to do that no more. I want to pray before. You, you're going to disrupt some things. And people who are not ready to change and get on board with your new way will try to literally have you crucified or literally silenced. So they brought him to King Agrippa, and then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. He said, I think myself happy. I got to keep letting y'all see this. He said, I think myself happy that I can speak for myself in court today. I, I, here he is on trial. He's in court being falsely accused. They said, Paul, you can speak now. The first thing he said was, I think myself happy. I'm a finder just because I can speak for myself. No lawyer, nobody. I'm, he found something, y'all. He found something to be happy about. Some of y'all can think yourself to depression. Why can't you think yourself happy? It's the same mind power. It's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same. It take, matter of fact, it takes less. It takes more energy to frown than to smile. Somebody say, I think myself happy. That means without any outside influence, my job getting on my nerves, and my boss come by my table one more time, whatever, I think myself happy. I don't know what you're going through, but tomorrow you need to say to yourself, you know what, I think myself happy. I find something to be excited about. He get on my nerves, but I got a job. Okay, y'all ain't got a job. I don't know what, preach to yourself then. I can't preach to you, preach to yourself. I ain't going to say that one. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I think myself happy. So nitpick, it says, seek ye first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Seek. Seek means to search. It means to, to look. Find it. Seek the kingdom of God, the ways of God. It's not always obvious. You got to seek it. Because if you want it, you'll search for it. Seek it. Find it. Paul did. He said, I think, he's looked for his happiness. Where could I find a happy anything in this court? I just, I just heard this happen to Jesus. The same thing about to happen to me. I'm standing here swearing. Where can I find happiness? Search it. Seek it. And literally you have to fight for it. You, okay. In God, in Christ, as a Christian, you're going to have to learn warfare. I can't wait to talk about that. I'm going to call it Fight Club. <laughs> Never mind, we'll talk about that later. 
Because you're really fighting yourself. Okay. All right, so we're going to talk about that <laughs> later on. He found his happy. He searched it, and he found it. He looked on the bright side in court. I was in court not too long ago in Florida. With some tickets. Two I got two tickets that fast. I just moved in and got two tickets. <laughs> like the flight landed in Florida, got two tickets. Like, man. I was in court. I was not happy at all until the woman said, are you tired to me? Yeah. <laughs> you want CD? You want $5? What you want? Get me out of here. <laughs> Autograph. Sing at your church. Sing at your party. Sing at your daughter's party. What? Sweet 16? Get me out of here. <laughs> You're going to have to find joyful things wherever you are. If it's just that you're alive, if that's your resolve, enjoy that. Are y'all hearing me? That's how you live on the bright side. Moses sent spies to view Canaan, the promised land. Ten spies came back. <laughs> and they said unto him, we came to the land where you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey, and there's fruit. But nevertheless, the people are strong that live there. And the cities have great walls, man, I'm telling you. I'm, and, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, by the coast of the Jews. They're going off. Because they're not looking on the bright side. <laughs> they're obviously looking on another side. So the ten spies are going off. They're saying this and this and that. The next verse, I love this. The next verse says, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses. Like, hold on, be still, quiet. Caleb. That, our drummer's name is Caleb, too, y'all. And he was young, too. So I would like to believe he literally stood up in the midst of all that. So imagine ten, ten people have a different view than you do. Right? Ten people. You're outnumbered. It's only you and Joshua. Like, I thought it wasn't that bad. But ten, ten other people are hysterically frightened of the future. He didn't shrivel up and be embodied by their words. Stop taking on other people's perspectives. They're projecting fear on you and you're accepting it. Why can't we project faith? Why can't I project hope? I'm standing up here an hour and can't project hope. One bad news from, you know, they found roaches and fries at McDonald's. You'll never... Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and possess it. Whoa, look at that boldness. Look at that confidence. For we are well able. Hey, somebody say, we are well able. I feel that, man. Let's take the city. Look at your neighbor and say, let's take the city. Take the land. Take the land. Whatever your new place is, whether it's health, take it. If it's prosperity, take it by force. Don't passively do nothing. Go in the land with authority because you are well able. You're well able to overcome it. Caleb looked on the bright side and he was right. Caleb looked on the bright side and he was right. Keep looking on the bright side until it becomes the right side. Especially if God said it. That's a big key. If God said it, it has to happen. I got two more stories. Y'all ready? I like setting stuff up. Y'all know that, right? Okay. Something's going to go into this one, though. Jesus said there was a man traveling from Jerusalem, <coughs> excuse me, from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits that stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. Watch out for bandits. Watch out for bandits. They, they strip you of your identity. Clothes were identity back in the day. If you were poor, your clothes showed it. If you was a priest, your clothes revealed it. If you was a prostitute, your clothes revealed it. So clothes represented identity. So watch out for people who strip you of your identity, beat you down, till you have little to nothing left, till you feel worthless and then leave you. Oh, that's happened to me. 
I ain't gonna go into that because this is a happy night, but that's not a good feeling at all. To trust the situation and to trust a relationship and they strip you of your identity, beat you till you have no, no hope, no esteem, no, no character. You don't know you're up from, you're down, they just took advantage of you, manipulated you, and then left you. They leave you dysfunctional and to them, you're worthless. Has anybody been through something like that? Oh, but I got news for everybody that left you. I said, I got news for everybody that left you. I got news for every, every bandit in your life. If, let me go to the camera. Where the camera at? To every bandit out there that have wrongly and misused anybody here at Live or any person of God, you should have killed them when you had the chance. Never leave a believer half dead. Because there's another half. Y'all quiet. There's another half. Tell your neighbor there's another half. I'm not done yet. It's not finished yet. I'm not through yet. I'm not defeated yet. There's another half. And if I look on that side, I'll get victory. If I look on that side, I'll get healed. Tell your neighbor, look on the bright side. There's another half. You should have killed Samson. Why you just take his eyes out? You should have killed him. If you don't kill a believer, you only give him time to bounce back. Tell your neighbor, I'm about to bounce back. You should have took me out when you had the chance. I was almost breathless, but you left me half dead. Now I'm about to bounce back with more power, more wisdom, more grace, more favor. Somebody say it. Bounce back. Bounce back. Bounce back. Bounce back. Last year, our theme on Easter was bounce back. Tell your neighbor, bounce back. All right, y'all sit down. I'm almost done. Why would you leave me half dead? There's another side. There's a brighter side. I believe the Bible said half dead to kind of express God's ability to heal and restore. So I believe the Bible kind of said, left the man half dead, because Jesus is telling the story, to express his ability to bring you back even from that state. But the truth is also, looking down up, is that he's half alive. What side are y'all looking on? What is it to you? What is it to you? Half dead is not just on his way to die. Uh, half dead insinuates it's, he's about to, like, on the way to death. Yeah, but if he's half alive, that insinuates he can fight through this. I'm here to serve notice to you. You thought you were half dead. The truth is you're half alive. Well, if you still got breath in your body, can you shout, I'm still here? You ain't half dead. You're half alive. Your marriage ain't half dead. It's half alive. It's on its way back. It's on its way up. What's it to you? What's it to you? <laughs> when you don't kill me, when you knock me down, I start looking at my other half. <laughs> when you leave me half dead, I start looking at my other half. I start looking at my better half. <laughs> Somebody say, look at my better half. Some people only can see your mistakes and your fault. I got a better half too. Hallelujah. They can only see the mistakes you made and the problem. But listen, I, listen, I got righteousness in me too. I got grace over my life too. I got favor over my life. You need to view your life. How do you view it? Some of your lives are like this picture right here. And all you see is the snow. All you see is the, oh, y'all can't see the picture. I'm sorry. Can you put it up here or no, Stephen? No? Okay. Look at this, y'all. Look at this. Look at that picture. Look at that picture. You see it? Kind of? See it? Y'all bear with me so I can show everybody up here. See that? Ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy? Half of the road is desolate. Half of the road is poverty and shredded and deteriorated. Half of the road has snow and it's not fertile. 
half of the road is not prospering. In the same place that the other half is booming. Did y'all hear what I just said? The other half of the road, there you go, thank you for that. Can y'all see it now? The other half of the road is booming. This is, this is the colors, oh God. These are the colors of harvest. <laughs> I'm here to serve y'all notice that on the, y'all, ooh, your life is about to take a turn. Live, can I talk to y'all for a minute tonight? Your life is about to take a turn. And when this turn comes, your harvest will be ready. Your blessing will be ready. Provision will be ready. Look at your neighbor and say, a turn is coming. Tell somebody, a turnaround is coming. I feel a divine turnaround in the room. Your testimony will be, he turned it for what the devil meant for evil. God meant for good. Tell somebody a turnaround is coming. I feel, I feel a turnaround. Don't look at the snow on this side. Look at the blessings on the other side. Oh, Jesus. I feel like y'all at the turning point. Somebody's at the turning point. Could y'all just turn around right now and say, I'm at the turning point. On the other side of this is my breakthrough. On the other side of this is my freedom. On the other side of this is my healing. Somebody shout! Yeah! I dare y'all to just turn, turn, turn. I'm taking a turn, I'm taking a turn. I'm taking a turn, I'm taking a turn. My view is about to change. Things about to change in my life. I'm going from cold to hot. I'm going from nothing to plenty. I'm going from little to much. I'm going from nothing to everything. Say a turnaround is coming. God, I thank you for the divine turnaround. I thank you for the shift in the name of Jesus. Everybody that's driving up this way, Everybody that's on this side driving this way, I command you to look at this side. I command, while you're driving, look out, look at the bright side. <laughs> Keep where you're going before you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Matter of fact, while you're right here, just put your signal on. Let your friends know I'm making a change. Let your family know I'm turning soon. Let your job know I won't be like this always. Turn your signal on. Let the world know I'm coming. Let your blessing know I'm on the way. Look at your neighbor and say, turn your signal on. Let your neighbor know I'm coming. Let your friends know it's about to happen. I'm preparing myself for a change. Preparing myself for a turn. See ya! Turn your signal on. Your friends gonna think you changed. I'm letting you know early. I'm about to make a turn. All right. One more time, somebody praise God for a turnaround. Yeah. I may reveal my age in my final closing. I might reveal my age, but a while ago, they had these glasses. It was called Amber Vision. Amber Vision was supposed to be like great sunglasses that when you looked through them everything was clearer everything was more defined everything was more brilliant everything had more the, the hue you know what I mean was at its highest it's like woo the commercial you put the glasses on like woo I, I feel like I could people was going crazy over Amber Vision I wanted to get it so bad I had no credit card 
<laughs> Amber Vision changed how you view everything. Can I get some Amber Vision in here tonight? Can you just change the lights? There you go. Change them. Yeah, give me some Amber Vision. Thank you. Yeah, that's nice, ain't it? When you put Amber Vision on, everything now is viewed through these lenses. It was brighter, more brilliant. I challenge you all tonight, put on your Amber Vision to the point where everything started looking a, a little, had a little yellow tint to it. You know what I'm saying? Like your, your, your shirt right here, the white shirt, you have a little yellow tint to it. Even though that's a white shirt, I'm viewing it through yellow lenses. So even if it's not completely yellow, it has a yellow tint. Everything in your life should be viewed through the lenses of joy. Or hope. Or happiness. Everything in your life should be subject to your filter. Everything I see, it might not be complete happiness, but it got a little happy tint on it. Y'all quiet. Everything I see got a little hope on it because I'm viewing it. It's called hermeneutics. Theologians call it hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the lenses, okay? So if, if I view the Bible through the hermeneutic of joy, every scripture I read, I can find joy in it. Because I'm viewing it looking for joy. It's called hermeneutics. Liv, I need you to change your hermeneutic tonight. To hope, joy, happiness, cheer, cheer everything. Every, when you put on these hope, joy glasses, everything you face in life has a happy tint. It might not be completely pleasurable, but it's more happy than it was before I had these lenses. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's my challenge to you tonight. Everything must go through your happy filter. You got to strain it through your joy filter. Like spaghetti noodles and you rinsing it off in the strainer. Is that accurate? Or any noodles. Panay noodles. What else? What else? Angel hair. Rotini? What's that? It's like a pasta. I never heard of rotini, man. Y'all pray for your boy. I never heard of rotini in my life. Like you straining them noodles, all the water comes out, but the noodles stay. Everything has to go through your joy strainer. Everything has to go through. You got to go through my happiness first. Check your thoughts and your issues at the happy door. Tell your neighbor, you got to go through my happy. You got to go through my happy. I'm not saying you can't get in, but you got to have a little joy tent on you if you're going to come through here. I'm not saying I'm not going to let you in, but you got to have a little happy on you because I'll view you through these lenses. Everybody up here has a tent on them. Do y'all see it? Everybody up here has a, a gaze on them. What is it called? Is that it? Not gaze? A what? Hue? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Put a hue on your life. Let it be love. Have, a, have love lenses. I see God's love for me in everything. And I see how I can love in everything. Adopt a love hermeneutic. Adopt the joy hermeneutic. Adopt the peace hermeneutic. Adopt the giving hermeneutic. How can I give and how can I see God giving to me in this? If we do not do this, we'll be subject to the world's reality of a thing. But you have the authority to put a hue on it in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We choose to look on the bright side. There's two sides to every story. Might be 22 sides. But the side we choose to view is the bright side. If my pain is a reality, so is my peace. Did y'all hear what I said? If confusion is a reality, so is understanding somewhere. I choose to view my life 
through the lenses of joy in the name of Jesus that whatever happens in my life I got a, a joker meant I'm laughing at it I'm excited about it because I know that all things is working for my good we give you glory honor and praise in Jesus name clap your hands and say I got a new hue I said clap your hands and say I got a new hue thanks for listening to today's message we pray you were blessed by God's word if you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.